I knew I was going to do it, even though I kept telling myself I was just looking. Let's just go in and look, I told my mother. I pushed open the door to the pet store. I want to see their birds. It was the Saturday before Thanksgiving, 1998, and the store was crowded and noisy with adults in bulky coats and children running to point at the fish tanks or exclaim over the puppies. Most Valuable Pets was Lexington's newest pet store, already famous for having big, colorful parrots on display. I wanted to see if the rumors were true that the parrots were uncaged and allowed to interact with the customers. My mother and I made our way to the back of the store, led by the sounds of squawking and calls. Most of the birds were on the floor of the big open display, while some bigger birds were perched on an artificial tree. Occasionally, a green or red medium-sized bird would venture out of the display's frame and cling to the wall, watching us watching it. There seemed to be all colors and sizes of birds, and their noises drowned out the sounds of humans. Two larger white birds were screeching at each other, while a small green one was whistling. I couldn't make out if it was whistling an actual song or just random notes. Get one that talks, my mother instructed me. She stood a safe distance away, lest any of the birds single her out and poop on her. I was transfixed by the energy and color and noise of the birds. They were all busy preening, fussing at each other, scratching at the bedding, eating, or just walking around. A small gray bird with a tall crest walked over to me and tilted its head up to get a better look. Lately, I'd found myself thinking of having birds in the house again, only maybe one a bit more interactive than the zebra finches I used to have. Finches were shy and really didn't want to be bothered with humans. They were perfectly content to stay in their cage and chirp their little finch chirps. As a child, I had had a blue parakeet I named Kim because the word had such an exotic sound, but it had died not long after taking up residence in the living room. A young man with glasses magically appeared, smiling and ready to be helpful. He had on a headset with the microphone cupped around his face to his mouth. I'm thinking about getting a bird, I said. What kind is this one? I pointed to the little gray bird, who was now rocking back and forth like a child waiting for ice cream. That's a cockatiel, he said, but he's been sold. He leaned down and scooped up a yellow bird nearby, about the same size and also with a crest. It immediately hopped off his hand and onto my shoulder. Then it ran to the middle of my back. I froze and then squirmed and twisted and tried to reach the bird with my hands. What if I couldn't grab it? What if I grabbed it and it bit me? A couple of customers turned to watch me. The clerk plucked the bird off my back and placed it on my hand. It and I looked at each other, me with a kind of wonder and fear, it with what I imagined was indignation, if birds even felt indignation. It ran to my back again. Again, the clerk put the bird on my hand. I pretended to examine it closely. It was all yellow except for two large round orange spots on its cheeks. Mother pointed out that there was a bald spot on the bird's head, almost hidden by its crest. The clerk assured us that it was a genetic trait of the Lutino cockatiel and perfectly normal. These are great birds, he said. Everybody loves cockatiels. I nodded as though I knew what he was talking about. What do you think? I asked my mother. Will it talk? My mother asked. Most of them can, the clerk said cheerfully. How old is it? I asked. All these cockatiels are about five months old, he said.
The bird was staying on my finger. It seemed to be studying me, as if it was plotting something. I reminded myself that it was just a bird, incapable of plotting anything. Can I pet it? I asked. Sure, the clerk said. I lifted my free hand, and immediately the bird ran up my arm and to the back of my neck and down to the middle of my back. I twisted myself around and bent my arm back, trying to get the bird to come back down my arm. A few more customers turned to watch. My mother had an alarmed look on her face. I felt like an idiot. It was obvious I had no business getting a bird. The clerk calmly plucked the bird off my back and put it back on my hand. What if I get home and it runs to my back again? The clerk nodded. Just take your time. He's used to humans. His handset began crackling, and he turned his head and whispered into it. I looked at my mother. She shrugged. It's up to you, she said. You know what you're doing.